Hello. Welcome to Straight Arrows. Uh, welcome back to Straight Arrows. I'm your host, Pastor Woody Whit, uh, coming to you from um, Memorial Baptist Church in Maysville, North Carolina. Uh, today uh, is the first episode in our series, Know Your Enemy and Walk in Christ. That's Know Your Enemy and Walk in Victory. Walking in Christ is victory. Um, this is going to be a biblical introduction to spiritual warfare. And if you have your Bibles, you can uh, you can go along with me. Uh, if not, you can just listen. And if you contact me, I will send you the notes for this series. If you contact me via email or just let, let us know in some way. Um, let's see. Our first episode today is the the title is the origin and fall of the enemy now our government our wonderful united states government each year spends literally billions on national defense the vast bureaucracies of this of the defense department the national security agency the federal bureau of investigation the department of homeland security etc as well as state and local agencies are engaged in a daily pursuit of intelligence information in order to protect the American people from harm. This entails studying all perceived and real threats. The point of these multi-level pursuits is to get into the mind of our enemies and to outthink and outwork them in short, to know who the enemy is and where and how they will attack and what we can do to stop or mitigate the effectiveness of such an attack. Uh, if our elected representatives go to such great attempts to try to keep us safe from physical harm, doesn't it make sense that we as a child of God should get to know our real enemy? In reality, the one who is ultimately behind the desire of some to attack us personally as families, as a church, and as a nation of people, as E.M. Bounds has stated, and I quote from E.M. Bounds, nothing advances Satan's work with more skillful hands than to be ignorant of Satan and his ways. To escape his snare, we must have a strong faith in the fact that he exists. We must also have an intimate knowledge of him and his plans, end of quote. Before we go any further today, let's pray, okay? Let's do that. Let's pray first, okay? Father, today we come to you, Lord God, and Father, we come and we ask for you to please forgive us of our sins, Please cleanse us by the precious blood of Jesus and guide us in our study uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Open our hearts to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. This study is to examine for ourselves what the Bible, the Word of God, says about the enemy of our souls and how we can identify and defeat his strategies. The two basic errors that many people fall into, and this is both believers and unbelievers, are either to think too much of the devil and become paranoid and superstitious or to think too little about the devil and remain in ignorance. Either extreme will enable him to achieve his goals. The ideal is for God's people to think no more or no less of him than what is taught in the Bible. Consequently, we, are, we will be spiritually healthy and able to walk in the spiritual victory that has been uh, accomplished for us in the Lord Jesus. Our first text today is Ezekiel chapter 28, Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 19. 
Uh, it is important to understand here in the text that God is speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, through the king of Tyre, to the power behind the king of Tyre, and that is the devil. This is similar to the way that our Lord addressed himself to demons who were oppressing people during his ministry. He spoke directly to them through the person they were afflicting. Now let's read the text and then take it verse by verse. Ezekiel chapter 28 verses 11 through 19. 11 through verse 19. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum of sealeth up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in the Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx. I just learned how to say that, by the way, onyx. And the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and the gold. The workmanship of thy tambrance and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in the ways. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created. Till iniquity was found in thee. By the multitudes of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane, out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by rightness of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings, that they may behold thee. Thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that behold thee. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror, and never shalt thou be any more, period. Now, let's take this one verse at a time. Again, we're in, in Ezekiel 28, verse 11. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus, and say, unto him, thus saith the Lord, thus saith the Lord God, thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. That's verse 11. The human king or prince of Tyre was a rich and powerful man. He controlled the sea trade, the commercial enterprises of at least the eastern half of the Mediterranean. We discover that like so many in history who have desired all this world's glory, that it was the devil who was behind uh, his dazzling success. We know that God is addressing Satan here because of the description given to him in detail. We learn three things here about Satan when he was created. This is when he was created. Thou sealest up the sum. To seal up the sum means to fill up the pattern. When God set out to create the universe, he did so with a conceived pattern in mind, a specific pattern. Everything in the universe fit into its place perfectly. So we hear that then we see here that Satan was at the time God's greatest created achievement at the time. Second thing we learn, full of wisdom. He was the wisest of all created, being, created beings. This means that he knew more about God than any other created being. Number three, and perfect in beauty. He was the most beautiful creature ever 
created. That's in verse 11. Now look at verse 13. Thou hast been in the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tambrance and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Okay. Um, now note there, by the way, that, that he was a created being. A created being. Okay, we learned some things here. Number one, thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. I submit to you that Eden, the garden of God, refers both to the physical garden of Eden on the earth and as a metaphor of the temple of God in heaven. Satan, when he was created, inhabited heaven. He functioned within the context of the heavenly temple. What his mandated function was, we will get to in a moment. The, the verse continues to say, Every precious stone was thy covering, the sardius, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, and the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. It is apparent from this text that Satan wore a covering or breastplate consisting of ten stones. I submit that they were arranged in three sets of threes plus one in a similar fashion, uh, a similar fashion as the high priests of the Israelites. Uh, and by the way, see Exodus 28, 17 to 20 for that. Since the earthly tabernacle was a picture of the heavenly tabernacle or temple, and that Satan was both was in both, we can establish that he was the high priest in heaven. The workmanship, the text says, the workmanship of thy tambrets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou was created. This may be interpreted in two ways. First, that he played musical instruments or led in the playing of musical instruments, or secondly, that he himself was a musical instrument. What is clear from the text is that his ability to lead or play music in his capacity as the high priest of the heavenly tabernacle or temple was given to him when he was created. We must continually remind ourselves that Satan was created by God to give God glory. So far, we see Satan created by God to serve in the capacity as high priest and worship leader of heaven. Okay, we have more information here about him in his original state of being. Okay, his original state of being. Verse 14, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Verse, verse, verse 14. Okay, we want to break this verse down. First, thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. We have read so far about what part of his function was in heaven. Now we go deeper into what he himself was and how his position related to others like him. He was anointed, that is, Memshah, Messiah, that is, he was an anointed cherub. In the heavenly realm, there are at least three orders, hierarchical ranks of angelic creatures. Uh, the lowest rank identified in the scripture are the angels. Over the angels are the archangels, such as Michael, the archangel. It would appear that the next rank are seraphim, um, that is, burning ones. Uh, seraphs are, are um, individual seraphs, and then seraphim are plural, and they that their name means burning ones. Uh, they have six wings and are noted in, in Isaiah chapter 6 and Revelation 4. The highest rank of created beings are the cherub, cherubim. Again, cherubim 
being the plural designation, who are the conveyors of the Shekinah glory of God, according to Ezekiel chapter 1, verses 4 to 28. It appears that the closer an angelic creature is to the throne of God, the higher is the rank, the greater the privileged authority. Satan was created one among unspecified numbers of cherubim, that he was created by God, one among equals in authority. God then elevated him over the other cherubs, which he's, which is seen in the term the anointed cherub, meaning he had a special relationship with God that covereth. The text says that covereth indicates based on Ezekiel chapter one, verses four to 28, that while the other cherubs were carrying the throne, uh, Satan was the covering roof or the canopy. And then the text says, and I have set thee so. The scriptures reiterates that Satan was created by God and that he owed his privileged position to God. We see God's goodness extended to the pre-sin Satan. Again, we're talking about Satan here before the fall. And then it continues on to say, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Mountain of God is a term referring to the governmental aspect of heaven. In the book of Revelation, we see uh, orders being issued to angels from the throne of God as the highest pinnacle upon which God delegated authority descends and prevails through the universe. This statement simply means that Satan, because of his exalted status, was closer to God than any other created being. Uh, then it says, thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. We simply do not know what the stones of fire refers to. However, the phrase as a whole points to the fact that in his pre-sin status, he engaged in, in much activity in the heavenlies, which would late, later become evil. Verse 15, thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day that thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. So having established already that he was created perfect, the wisest, most beautiful creature of all, we can now say that God gave him a free will here defined within the context as the ability to choose that which is contrary to one's nature and outside the express will of God. God had, through an exercise of his sovereign prerogative, created this cherub, assigned him, as it were, as an arch cherub to cover his throne, to lead in worship, etc. Satan was created to glorify God, was given the ability and authority to do that. This was the state of the affairs in heaven until iniquity was found in thee. We must now consider precisely what this iniquity, and the word iniquity there is a wall, it means injustice, unrighteousness, wickedness, and perverseness was. In other words, to find out what the sin was, we have got to turn to Isaiah chapter 14. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 17. And that text says, and I'll read the whole thing. And then you can, then we'll break it, the text down. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 17. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mountain of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to the hell, to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble and did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, 
that open not the house of, the, of his prisoners. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna break this verse down now. Satan's rebellion originated in his heart, that is his innermost being, the center of his thoughts, and is expressed in the five I wills. The five I wills. I will ascend into heaven. Here is his desire to usurp the authority of God, to take God's throne. He was not satisfied with overshadowing the throne as a canopy or covering. His desire is to take God's place on the throne. The second I will, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. Stars in scriptures, in the scriptures may symbolically re represent people or angels. For example, see Job 38.7 and Revelation 1.20. In this context, before the creation of the world, um, it can only refer to angels. Satan wanted to be the head honcho over all the angels. Thirdly, we see, I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. Satan wanted to be first. He would not be satisfied with the position God gave him. Then he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. He wanted God's Shekinah glory for himself. This entails, among other things, his desire to be worshipped as God. Brothers and sisters, never forget that, that the enemy of our souls wants to be worshipped as God. His deception is unbelievable due to the fact that he had no way of taking God's glory. Then, then he goes on and it says, I will be like the Most High. The term Most High is a name for God, El Elyon that speaks of God's strength. He does not say that he wants to be El Shaddai, which speaks of God's feeding his creation, or Jehovah Rohi, which speaks of God shepherding his creative order. Instead, Satan wanted only the power of God for his own selfishness. He did not want to take care or shepherd the universe, but to rule it with an iron fist. Now. Let's return then, if you if you have that dexterity, to uh, Ezekiel chapter um, twenty eight. Ezekiel chapter twenty eight, verse uh, sixteen. Now, and it says, "By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane." Out of the mountain of God, I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stone of fire. Now let's break verse 16 down. By the multitude of thy mercies, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Not satisfied to stand alone in his opposition to God, he became the father of lies, John 8, 44, by going from angel to angel to garner their support by lying to them about God. Revelation 12, 4 tells us that a full one-third of the angels followed Satan. To lie about someone is slander, and this is Satan's specialty. I submit his lies about God to the angels is similar to the kind of heinous misrepresentation he gave to Eve about God's character. This lies, These lies lead to violence that is conflict between those angels loyal to God and the elect angels uh, in 1 Timothy 5.21, and those angels that sided with the devil uh, revolted against, uh, revolted with Satan against the holy God. The next statement from verse 16. Therefore, 
Therefore will I cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God. I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. This text tells us that God will ultimately destroy Satan. It, it lets us know that God is still on his throne, and although his authority was challenged, it is intact and cannot be thwarted by a created being. God prophetically announcing the future destination of Satan. See also Isaiah 14, 15, which emphasizes the point that unlike God, Satan cannot determine future events. He is not all wise, all powerful, all knowing, all present, as only God is. Satan is a created being limited in power and is not at all present or all knowing. It is important to keep a clear and unambiguous distinction between God as the creator and Satan as a creature. Don't forget that, brothers and sisters, that only God is all wise, all knowing, all powerful, all present. Satan is limited in 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 his activities. He is not all wise. He is not all uh, knowing. He does not know the future. He cannot control the future. He is a created being. Verse 17, thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Thine heart, and let's break that verse down. Let's break verse 17 down. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted the wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Satan was the most beautiful creature ever created, but instead of glorifying God by worshiping him and acknowledging that his beauty came from God, he decided that his beauty belonged to him, that it was his to glorify himself. Again, in other words, he looked inward rather than outward. He had an inward focus on himself, his abilities, his beauty. And guess what? He decided it was all about him. Everything was about him. Again, we see the sin of pride and refusal to give God glory for what he has done and to de depend upon oneself rather than to submit to God's love and authority. So Satan rebelled against God because he wanted to take God's place because he thought he was better than God. He wanted God's glory. He wanted God's power, okay? But he did not want God's love. He did not want God's compassion. He did, does not want the, the true wisdom of the holiness of God. Satan wanted to rule for his sake and his sake only, not for the benefit of all creation. We need to understand this uh, severe character flaw in the prince of darkness, okay? Um, and this is what God says. I will cast thee to the ground. I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. God speaks prophetically about what is he has in store for Satan. He will cast Satan to the physical earth. He is presently in atmospheric heavens above the earth at the midway point of the tribulation in Revelation chapter, and that's in Revelation chapter 12, 7 to 12. Verse 18, thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. Therefore, I will bring forth the fire from the midst of thee. It shall devour thee, and I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that beheld thee. Then the text says again, thou hast defiled thy sanctuaries by the multitude of thine iniquities, by the iniquity of thy traffic. By going from angel to angel soliciting rebellion through slander, the enemy defiled the sanctuaries of the heavenly kingdom. 
uh, heavenly temple. As the earthly tabernacle is a facsimile of the heavenly, sanctuary speaks of an inner and outer chamber, i.e. the holy and the holy of holies. Thy traffic reveals to what extent the enemy not only went to slander God, but also to promise reward to those who would be malevolent, uh, to be in malevolent league with him. In other words, he promised those angels something. Those that They became demons, but he promised them their own spheres of power and authority. And we'll talk more about that in future episodes. Therefore, will I bring a fire from the midst of thee, it shall devour thee. And I will bring thee to ashes upon the earth in the sight of all them that beheld thee. Once again, God promises prophetic judgment upon Satan. What is stated here will be accomplished first at the second coming of Christ, Revelation 20, uh, verses 2 and 3. And again, finally, at the end of the millennial reign of Christ, Revelation chapter 20, verse 10. We should be reminded of this point. that the enemy began his malicious antagonism of God with a desire to do his own wicked will, But in the final analysis, it will be understood from the vantage point of heaven that he ultimately fulfilled God's will and not his own. Verse 19, all they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. Thou shalt be a terror and never shalt thou be any more. Again, there's some things here in verse 19. All they that know thee among the people shall be astonished at thee. From the very beginning of his rebellion, Satan could not proceed beyond the boundaries imposed upon him by the power of God. These boundaries are unknown at the present, even to the people of God. So in the final demise of Satan, we will be astonished that he was able to do so much. And perhaps we will be surprised from our heavenly perspective that we were so unable to stop him from doing some of what he did because of our ignorance of the word of God. That's important, brothers and sisters to understand that we do not have to be Satan's victims, that we have a, we have the authority of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, in this world. We can walk in victory in Christ, and much more about that uh, in, the ep- in a further episode. Uh, again, verse 19 says, and we're not finished with verse 19 yet, thou shalt be a terror. At the present, he is a terror to God's people. He's a formidable foe. But the purpose of this study is to learn from Scripture how he can be defeated daily for the glory of God. And we'll, we'll look at that as we proceed. And never shalt thou be any more. This does not mean that he will cease to exist after his final judgment. Indeed not. He will suffer for his ruthless disobedience to God and his campaigns against the people of God. What is meant here is that he will never be a threat to the peace and harmony of the universe again. Now, in our next episode, we will proceed and look at how Satan's rebellion against God has infected or has affected the human race. We will look at the historic fall of man and Satan's present activity on the earth. And again, our texts today uh, have been in Ezekiel chapter 28, verses 11 through 19. And Isaiah, in Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 to 17. And next uh, episode, we will be focused primarily in uh, Genesis chapter 3, which is, uh, um, it is foundational for us to understand that text. 
So today we have finished episode one, and we have seen um, that the enemy, enemy, the enemy of our souls was created. He's a created being. God created him for good, for good in the universe, but he chose to be evil. So uh, when people say, well, why did, why did God create the devil? Well, God did not create the devil. He created the anointed cherub that covereth. He, anoint, he, he created this beautiful cherub who had a great authority, great beauty, but that, that created being decided to rebel against God, and he deceived uh, the many other angels of heaven, and um, they followed him in his rebellion against against God, and he is now the enemy of God, and he is the enemy of all that is good and holy in the universe. He's an enemy of God's people, God's children. If you are have put your faith in Jesus Christ today, if you're a child of God, um, the enemy hates you, and he wants to destroy you. He wants to destroy your family. He wants to destroy your community. He wants to to get inside and wiggle his way into the church and and destroy the church from the inside out. Um, the enemy of our souls is a rapacious, um, very rapacious enemy. But we have the victory through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Please tune in next time, the next episode, and work through uh, this series. And may the Holy Spirit give us understanding that we can walk in the Lord Jesus. We can walk in victory by walking in the spirit, by putting on the full armor of God every day and being in the word of God every day. We can have the victory that is ours already in Christ. Let me pray with you, Father. 